Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Are you kidding me? We make it out here once a month, Mr. Chubby's Wings. Fleming Island, no place I'd rather be on a Thursday night at 6 o'clock. We are with you for the next couple of hours, and we have got a ton to do as we get closer to a huge matchup on Sunday. The visiting Dallas Cowboys against the hometown Jacksonville Jaguars. First things first, we invite you out happy hour till 9 we're on the air till 8, two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers. That includes Miller Lite, $3 wells, $3 wines. What an unbelievable restaurant this is, okay? Plenty of old-school booths, you know, kind of like in the 50s. The only thing that's missing is your own little private uh, jukebox, right, where you can try to make a little time with your sweetie and whisper sweet nothings um, in her ear. You've got tabletops over here, which right now are packed. And why wouldn't they be with two-for-one drafts and two-for-one pitchers? You've got plenty of television sets surrounding this place. We have golf. We have, obviously, preparation for tonight's matchup coming up at 8.15 as uh, San Francisco will try to get it done with Brock Purdy, who is ailing and who's not as far as quarterbacks around the NFL. Um, Not a good game a week ago uh, for Geno in seattle we'll see if he can bounce back along with the 12th man but that game will come up tonight at 8 15 nba college basketball the uh, obviously the national hockey league so just a ton happening great bar area as well really extended bar um just a phenomenal place i i played golf down the road here last week i'm playing golf down here as early uh, on saturday early for me on saturday so i always try to make it a point to pop in here for a couple of ice-cold Miller Lights after my round, and that'll certainly be the case here on Saturday, which is going to be a great day, right? Three NFL games, all the buzz. I mean, it's electrifying right now. Everywhere I go, people are talking to me. They're saying, Baloo, Beavers, Beavers, Gators, Gators, Beavers. Can the Gators penetrate the Beavers? Can the Beavers beat the Gators? Are the Gators going to eat the Beavers? I mean, it's all over the place, the hype, and we are the official station of the Florida Gators. My goodness, an opportunity for them to end the season above 500. That's what's at stake. Coming up Saturday at 2.30, we will have it for you. In the meantime, they will meet for the eighth time right here in Jacksonville Sunday at 1. Dallas leads the all-time series four games to three, but it's a little bit misleading. This is the first time that Dallas comes Back to Duval since 2006. I mean, that's just bizarre. How can you have something like that? Well, I'll tell you why. According to the National Football League, the matchup that happened years ago in London is considered a home game for the Jaguars, even though it takes hours and 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 hours to get there, go through customs, take the long trip. It's during rush hour to the hotel. Uh, massage it, Baloo, massage it. It's a home game. Right. That happened in London in 2014. The last time they played was in Dallas 
Jacksonville just got spanked, uh, 40 to seven. It was really, now let's be honest here, a disgusting display on that particular afternoon at Jerry's World. The only time they've ever met here. Again, was in early September 2006. Jacksonville, a winner by a touchdown. They got it done 24-17. to So if you're scoring at home, and if you are scoring at home, congratulations, man. It's just after 6 o'clock. Can you imagine already being able to accomplish that this early on a Thursday? Uh, five games in Dallas, right? One game here, one game in London. And again, the regular season matchup. Jacksonville has won three. Dallas has won four. Here come the Cowboys. They've won four in a row. They've won six of seven. And they have a lot to play for. If they win on Sunday, they clinch a playoff berth. Obviously, they're still trailing Philadelphia right now in the NFC East, but that would give them, give them the 11th victory on the season, and it would be enough regardless of the last three weeks to put them into the postseason. Uh, according to the FPI playoff chances, which is this new? Do we have this a year ago, JJ? Do you remember FPI playoff chances? Is that kind of like a... ESPN is, does their own version, too. I, and I hate it in-game. They're like, this team has a 99.7% chance to win. It's like, it's well, the second quarter. You got to hire these kids, man. You get them out of, uh, you get them out of Oregon State. You know, you get them out of four, you, the, the top of their class, and they say, come work for us at ESPN, be a, car, be a part of our college football playoff index. That's what they call it. But playoff chances in the – this is fairly new, right? I mean, I live on these, these websites and read all the time. Either I just have missed it for years or I don't know what else it can be. But is this fairly new? They have no idea. Yeah. Do you know? Is it fairly new, Graham? I think it's fairly new, but I've seen it. In, I've definitely seen it in the last like two to three years or so. Where have I been? I mean, where, I mean, it's because I'm getting older. Jacks, Maybe I so saw it and I forgot about it. Or? Yeah, that's true. You cover you cover the Jags. That's probably where you've been. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I cover the Jaguars. I've been already deep into mock drafts right, for correct. the uh, the following correct. April. The, that's the graphics they show on yeah. the late season Jags games are much different than the rest of the oh, league typically. Isn't it great to have some? relevant football here on the mid part of December it's officially December 15th and that is just incredible I mean the setting on Sunday I think is going to be special I I am a little concerned that there's going to be a lot of Dallas fans there um, if you could somehow navigate a victory through Dallas and even if you don't as long as Tennessee loses you know out in Los Angeles I think it's simple for the Jags. You win the rest of the games, and you're in the playoffs. you got to knock off the Jets a week from tonight, okay? you got to finally snap that streak in Houston. Hopefully, Doug Peterson will double down. He showed a video last week, and it worked. It inspired his players. I think he pushed the right buttons to get ready for that matchup in Tennessee. you you got to find a way to snap that in Houston. And can you just imagine what it would be like to have the season on the brink, a playoff atmosphere, and if you win, not only are you in, if you win, you host a playoff game. Can you just allow yourself that? You should. See, we're all so quick to, oh, I can't wait for Sunday. Oh, I can't wait for next Thursday. No, no, no. Enjoy this Thursday. 
Enjoy tonight. Enjoy tomorrow. Enjoy Saturday. And, and get ready for the game on Sunday. And again, win or lose, I'm convinced. You beat the Jets. You beat the Texans. You line up against Tennessee three weeks from tomorrow or three weeks from Sunday. You win, you're in. You win and you host. Unbelievable, those set of circumstances. Again, the FPI playoff chances that I read today. Tennessee, excuse me, Dallas. uh, No, wait, check that. Dallas wins, they're in. AFC South, even under that scenario, right now they're telling us they believe Tennessee has an 80.1% of making it to the playoffs. Of course, they have a two-game lead with four to go. Jacksonville, 19.6% opportunity to make it into the playoffs. We're going to start things off here with Dave Campo in just a couple of minutes. And, yeah, I can't wait to pick his brain. I'm lucky enough to sit next to him during Jaguar home games, and that'll be the case this Sunday. But, obviously, uh, Dave has been all around the coaching circuit and was a head coach in Dallas and obviously was a coach here as well in Jacksonville. And, you know, I'm fascinated because – the Jaguars did make some defensive changes last week. They made some pregame adjustments, and they seemed to work. It, it wasn't a phenomenal defense by any stretch. It was more of the bend but do not break style. But, you know, putting Trayvon Walker with his hand in the dirt worked. Um, bringing back Trey Herndon, who was a healthy scratch for a couple of weeks, and and putting him in the slot and, and telling Buster Brown to sit down and, and uh, taking Darius Williams and, and putting him on the outside. It, it worked. Again, it wasn't spectacular, uh, but it worked. So looking forward to doing that uh, with Dave Campo coming up in just a little bit. Yeah, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it doesn't look good right now for Trayvon Walker. He missed the second consecutive day of work. He's got a high ankle sprain. Uh, my guess right now, you're going to see Caleb on chase on. Okay, please don't drive off the road. Grab the wheel with both hands. White knuckle it if you have to. But I think you're going to see Caleb on chase on this weekend. Trayvon Walker, my belief right now on a Thursday is that he's not going to be able to give it a go. We will see. Jacksonville did get some good news today health-wise. Trevor Lawrence, who sat out Wednesday, was limited today with the big toe. We know that the left toe. Also upgraded was uh, right guard Brandon Sheriff. He was limited today, as well as the aforementioned Darius Williams was limited today. Those two both dealing with problems with their abdomen, but, you know, encouraging news that those two, it appears, are going to be able to give it a go. It also looks like Andre Sisco is going to be able to give it a go. And Chad Muma, uh, today Mike Caldwell said he's day-to-day, but it, it just feels like, the arrow there is, uh, is pointing um, in the right direction, if you will, for his return coming up this weekend. So it's going to be a, a, a busy night. And uh, as well, uh, we're going to take a look at everything here over the next couple of hours. We get out here once a month. We get out here the third Thursday of every month. And we love being out here at Fleming Island's Mr. Chubby's Wings. Again, we invite you to come on by. we got some 1010XL swag here. It's really a phenomenal atmosphere, and I I do love this uh, particular location. So if you're in the hood, come on by. What is this? Right on 17, right? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, right on 17. 
and uh, just pop in and, and, and say hello. We'll, we'll be here tonight until 8 o'clock. I do want to remind you tomorrow as well, we'll be on the other side of the planet uh, from here. That'll be at the beach and the bricks. That'll be from 6 to 8, a big party sponsored by Miller Lite. There'll be Miller Lite swag out there, and I have a tick, couple of tickets that you can come by to register to win, okay? Uh, two tickets for the game on Sunday between the Jaguars and the Cowboys. That'll be tomorrow. We will be at the Bricks out on the beach. Thank you to Miller Lite for sponsoring that party. All right, opening comments tonight and every night brought, brought to you by uh, the good folks over at Schmunez Vision. And... You know, we're talking about 37 years worth of experience for Dr. Neil Schmunez. It's a family organization, and it's, it's really pretty incredible, not only how reputable they are, but the personal care. And, you know, that's something that I really enjoy about this. I uh, obviously have a great relationship with, uh, with both Neil and Dr. Catherine Schmunez, but I hear all of these stories about, you know, folks who found them once again. They found them because of this particular um, you know, radio advertisement and wondering, you know, where they went, what happened, the, the beginning of their own practice. And it was an automatic for them to get back because of the way that they are when it comes to one-on-one relationships, right? High-quality medical, surgical eye care. Um, you could have an issue right now with your vision. You, you may think that you have a problem with your eyes. Perhaps it's your cornea. You may think that there's an issue as far as cataract uh, in your eyes and that you need cataract surgery. Hey, that could be the case. It also could be a simple solution where uh, they have the ability to fix that without surgery. If surgery is something that you want to fix your eyes permanently in a positive way, well, laser eye surgery. You're talking about more than 30 years' worth of experience at Schmunez Vision. Just incredible. Out at the beach. 299-2906 299-2906 is the number. 299-2906. Visit SchmunezVision.com. Care you can see. All right, coming up next, let's get things started. Let's begin with the former head coach of the Cowboys, former position coach here in Jacksonville, 1010XL and 92.5 FM's Dave Campo. He goes into the night with Rick Ballou. No. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. JJ, you didn't tell me that Slipknot was on the billing in Rockville. I wasn't aware of that. Just heard the spot. Is that your band? I love S- Slipknot. I, I love uh, Sully. Uh, Sully's 5'2". I could dunk on him. He's the lead singer of uh, Godsmack. And what, Avenged Sevenfold. They were actually here at Rockville, I don't know what, four or five years ago they were here? Pantera? Uh, Pantera? So, I don't know. We might have to make a trip with that. That'll be during the month of May. That'll be after free agency. That'll be after the NFL draft. And isn't it great in mid-December that we're not even talking about that because there is important football still going on right here in Duval. Let's bring in the former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, also a coach here in Jacksonville. He's a big part of what we do here on both 1010 on the AM and 92.5 on the FM. Dave Campo goes into the night with Rick Ballou. Dave, how are you? 
I'm doing good, Rick. How about you? Man, I'm fired up. Everything is great. Uh, phenomenal time of year. Uh, before we get into the Cowboys game, you were certainly aware of what was at stake last week. Eight straight on the other side there in Nashville. Jacksonville has been. They're down early. Henry runs for 96 yards in the first quarter. They come from behind down 7 nothing and 14-7 to just blow out Tennessee. Your thoughts on that game? Well, first of all, it was really big, obviously, because, you know, you're trying to do a, a number of firsts with this ball club, and they've been able to do that. Went on the West Coast. Uh, you know, take care of a couple of uh, uh, leaders of the division in, in uh, the Ravens and now the Titans. So they're really doing some good things, and it was huge because of how much of a rival Tennessee is with us. But even more importantly than that, it actually, and, and I hate to say this because I don't want to jinx us, but it keeps hope alive in December, which is really, really important, I think, for this franchise going forward. You know, when you look at Dallas that is coming in, this is a team that's won four in a row. They won six to seven, but they didn't play well. They, they really struggled against Houston. I, and I say, I've been saying this all week. I guess in a perfect world, it would have been great to have Dallas just roll through Houston, you know, 28-7. The fact that they had to come back and won by the skin of their teeth, does the media there, because you know them well and the fan base there, do they, do they get on this Cowboys team a little bit more now, even though it was a win? It almost feels like in some circles it was a loss out there. Does that matter at all or does it not in pro football? Well, it definitely matters because, you know, you can say whatever you want. I heard uh, Trevor talk this week about he's got a little chip on his shoulder because of how the media is, you know, some of the things that have been said and expectations and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it, it does affect the ball club. And, and to be honest with you, the way they played last week is kind of indicative of what the Cowboys have done for a while now. And that have a, a few ball games where they – in, in essence, play down to their competition. I'm glad they won because uh, I think they would have been, been uh, really ripped even a little heavier if, if they had lost that game. Uh, I know Clarence Hill, who's one of the writers over in, in, uh, in Dallas, I talked to him the other day. And, and you know, Clarence was saying that, you know, uh, Coach McCarthy was making some excuses about the Houston game, uh, Lovey Smith playing a little bit more zone than he normally plays, well, which is ridiculous because, you know, he's been playing two and quarters coverage the whole season. He's old school. Same stuff as we used when we were back there in the day. So, you know, they, they're on him a little bit. And even uh, Jerry has come out and said that he thinks that the quarterback is being a little bit too aggressive at times. So, hmm. you know, they're going to they're gonna come in here with the idea that you know, they know they have to win, but they, their history tells you that, that they're going to have a game that they dropped that they're not supposed to. How do you beat this Dallas team? I mean, they're, they're third in scoring. They're, they're third in, in defensive scoring. Um, you know, they, they have playmakers all over the field. They have 48 sacks. They've only allowed 16 sacks. I mean, you look at the numbers they're really scary. In your opinion, what's the best way for Jacksonville to pull off an upset at home here on Sunday? Well, I really think it comes down to how well our defense plays. Uh, there's no question in my mind that offensively, 
our statistics, if you just look at statistics other than points scored, uh, you know, they're good in the red zone because they can run the ball. So they're, you know, between the 20, I think we're even Steven with those guys uh, on what we've done and what they've done. Now, you could say they've got better receivers or this and that, and the quarterbacks are better, but they haven't necessarily shown that between the 20. They, we've got to stop the run on defense, because, and, and we've got to take care of, of uh, C.D. Lamb. The other receivers, they're okay, but they're not C.D. Lamb. So if we can handle uh, – we're, we're definitely going to put uh, our Tyson Campbell on, on C.D. Lamb. And, and they're going to have to do that in order to play enough uh, man coverage and three deep coverage to be able to stop the run. But that's the key to the ball game, in my opinion. They're, they're number, uh, I think they're number five or so in rushing. They've got two backs that can really make things happen. Uh, so that's going to be a big part of it. Hey, it's easy, Rick. All we have to do is score our average and hold, and which is, which is, uh, actually five points more than they're giving up, and we have to hold them to five points less than they average at 27, and it's a tie game, and we're going to overtime. There you go. Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> Dave Dave Campbell, our guest, former head coach of the Cowboys, and, uh, of course, uh, is with us here now at 1010 on the AM 92.5 on the FM. Uh, give us your thoughts on, on some of the defensive uh, adjustments that, that Jacksonville made last week. Uh, we, we saw Trayvon Walker more snaps than he's had all year with his hand in the ground. Your thoughts there, and also bringing Herndon off after missing two games, putting him in the slot, and finally taking Darius Williams and putting him on the other side. Well, first of all, they, they're not very good at corner. Uh, and when I say corner, I'm including the nickelback. Uh, and that's, that's an issue. And, and, you know, they did the right thing, in my opinion, Without putting one of those young corners out there on the opposite side, they moved Williams out there, which at least gives them a chance on the outside game. And they've got to be able, like I said, they've got to be able to handle it out there a little bit in order to, to put eight in the box and stop the run. So that's one of the things they did, which I think is a plus. Herndon is not great at nickel, but he's, he's also not bad. He's, you know, that's, that's the thing. And I think Williams was probably – uh, not as good inside as he's been outside. So it's, it's, it's what they did there. I think is a plus. Mm-hmm. I think if uh, if Dallas uses a little bit of of uh, double tight formation, which they will use, I think you might see the three safeties in there uh, at the same time with one corner. So they're going to, like I said, have to stop the run, and I think you know that's the way you have to do it. All right, well, the good news there is even though he's missed the last two games, it, it looks like Andre Sisco is going to be able to play on Sunday, so that's obviously a plus for the Jaguars. Uh, the flip side is it, it doesn't look encouraging right now for Trayvon Walker. He's missed his second consecutive practice with a high ankle sprain. Uh, your thoughts there, it, it becomes what, more Arden Key, more Caleb on chase on, and, and also give us a few seconds on what you saw with Key with his hand in the dirt. Right, excuse well, me, with Trayvon with his hand in the dirt. Yeah, yeah, I was going to uh, mention that I did not fully answer the question. Uh, Trayvon, uh, you know, I've kind of said right along that that once he's comfortable, uh, you know, maybe next year or whenever, you know, he's going to be a guy that can move around with his hand on the ground. And, and I really think he's a better rusher 
with his hand on the ground for sure because when he's standing up, they, you know, he's a little hesitant and maybe he sees too much, you know, sees uh, a lot of things happening rather than just playing football. With his hand on the ground, he comes off the ball better. Uh, you can put him inside. He can rush on the guards. There's no question he's better than most of the guards that he's going to face, which, which, is a, which is a plus. And I think, you know, un, unfortunately, they came in with the idea that they were going to go pure 3-4 and have to stand up outside linebackers. And to be honest with you, when those two guys, you know, you have the ability with that team to drop either one of the outside linebackers. Well, they've been doing that, and neither one of them are very good against the pass. So, so it's really hurt them all year. I think that really, in all honesty, they should have even Josh Allen stand on the ground because I think he's a pass rusher better when he's with his hands on the ground. It's not as disguise-oriented, but it is better in the rush, and they're going to need that for sure. Chad Moomin did not play uh, the return of Devin Lloyd, who, who did get snaps the last couple of weeks, but back to the starting position, and he played every snap defensively. How did Lloyd play, in your opinion? I thought he played better. I think that they, they, they've really simplified the defense quite a bit and what they're trying to do. Uh, I think there's still ways to go with him. You know, there, there were a couple situations. The linebackers, have, in general, have had really a hard time with some of the, the zone underneath stuff of, of passing off receivers and stuff. But I thought he played better. And, and, you know, I think they just have to keep getting him reps. I think it really hurt him not being in training camp. Mooma coming in, you know, Mooma's played pretty good, and especially against the run. Uh, so I would assume that Mooma would come back and start, and they would still have some packages for, uh, for Lloyd. I would like to see Lloyd, maybe he gets a little bit more off the edge with, with uh, Trayvon, maybe not playing. But he or Key are going to get a – some snaps. Uh, he's probably going to get more snaps at outside than he has to this point. Final minute with Dave Campo joining Rick Ballou. We're live from Mr. Chubby's Wings out here in Fleming Island. Be with you tonight until 8. That extended happy hour continues until 9. Alright, I, I spent a ton of time looking at numbers, Dave, and uh, this is, in my opinion, the exact opposite of a week ago where you knew you would struggle to run against Tennessee, and, and, and it had to be a game where Trevor got it done with his weapons, and he did. I look at Dallas, man. They're, they're, third, uh, they're second against the pass. Um, they're third overall when you look at third down conversion rate. They do give up yards on the ground. They're 23rd in the NFL with 129 yards allowed a game. So your thoughts. Is this, uh, again, a big one for Travis Etienne, do you, do you go with what worked a week ago in Tennessee? What are your thoughts about Jacksonville's offense? Well, I think this is all about scheme and the run because I believe, and I said it earlier on podcast and also on the primetime show, that I believe that, that, that the Cowboys, what the Cowboys do is they rush the passer and play the run off of that as opposed to reading and stopping the run and then rushing the passer. So what it does is it opens up creases and seams in the defense. If you don't trap them or you don't scheme them with it, when you get them into certain fronts and attack certain areas, they can get some tackles pull off because they are penetrating. They're a penetrating front. I think with the quickness of SCN and with our offensive uh, coaching staff's opportunity to – uh, scheme 
which they do a good job, I believe we can run on. And and it's gonna have to they're gonna have to run on them because the, the, the definite key to the whole thing is don't get into third and long. Because if you get to third and long against these guys, it's gonna be a long afternoon. So you're gonna have to make some things happen on first and second down and or third and, and, and short. And and you know, that's gonna be a, an offensive key to the football game. Yeah, they are outstanding, Dallas is, with their third down defense. There's no doubt about that. All right, last one for you. A few weeks ago, I sat next to you. Zay Jones had a huge game. Four days ago, we saw Evan Ingram have a huge game. Uh, you're a defensive coach by trade. So what do you You look at Trevor and you look at ETM, but how do you handle that? I, I guess you never know who the go-to guy is going to be if you add Christian Kirk to that. Is that, is that more difficult for a defense, you know, in in this case, as opposed to having a true number one A dominant wide receiver, how does that work in meetings this week? Well, first of all, give me give me a number one, you know, give me Calvin <laughs> Ridley or Chase yeah. or one of those kind of guys, okay? Because right. you know those guys are just flat out playmakers. Which I'm talking about big time playmakers where they're down the field and, and they're making things happen. But the one thing we do have an advantage on now is that it, uh, we have shown the Cowboys that we can spread the field. You know, we can we can go to the tight end. We can go to the slot. We can go to Zane Jones outside. That puts pressure on the defense in itself. I think the biggest thing in the passing game in this ball game, they've got Kelvin Joseph at the one corner. I'm going after him all day. I'm going to stay away from Dick. Because Diggs is one of those guys a little bit like Deion Sanders, and I'm not really comparing them too much. But Diggs is one of those guys that can that can alter a ball game because he's such, got such good hands and he sees the ball. So I would stay a little away from Diggs a little bit, and that means work the underneath stuff to those guys on the linebackers and, and you know, uh, get the ball to the tight end. Yeah. I love it. Make Dan Quinn think uh, that that's that's and you got to put up. Uh, you know, I I think I think you're going to need 30 to win this game, Dave. I really do. I I think 30 points is a must in order to knock off Dallas. I think it, it depends on the whole game. Uh, to be honest with you, and I agree, you got to have to score on these guys. Here's the situation: when we've been good, we've turned the ball over, and you know, you play against uh, Kansas City, for example. You know, I, I liken the two of them just from a, a you know, uh, wide-open type of a situation. And the reason we were in the Kansas City game was because we turned the ball over. The reason we won this last game is because we turned the ball over on defense. We've got to do that, and Dak Prescott has turned the ball over. So yeah. we're going to have to have some of that to be successful. This is a tough ball game any way you look at it. There's no doubt about that. Dave Campo. Dave, always a blast, sir. I'll, I'll see you out there on Sunday. Thank you. Absolutely. I enjoy sitting next to you, buddy. Have a, let's yep. get a good one this weekend. Let's do it. I look forward to it as well. There he goes, Dave Campo. And great stuff there. Former head coach of the Cowboys. Also a position coach here in Jacksonville. And whenever he's on, uh, we're, all, we're all better for it. Whenever we get an opportunity to pick the brain of uh, Dave Campo, we love having him as part of our family at 1010XL in 92.5 FL. I think this game is the exact opposite of what we just saw. JJ, you remember last week I kept saying, and, and you agreed with me, which is a rarity, 
that 20 points would win it. 20 points would knock off Tennessee. And after that first drive, I was like, dang, I look stupid. (laughs) I know, because they put up 14 early. Very easily, yeah. Yeah. This week, 20 points ain't going to get you anywhere. No way. I think you got to score 30. 30 is a minimum in order to knock off Dallas. Yeah, I need Trevor to be slinging it. I I need at least 14 at the half minimum if the Jags have any chance here. Yeah, Graham, 30 I think points. 30 points. Hot, take take it. You take 30, yeah, you need more. I probably think 28 to 30. 28, 28 maybe, but I do think you're going to need some sort of fluky play go your way. Like last week, it was a great hit, but the Shaq quarterman play was kind of a fluky play. It, it fell right into Josh. Play. Huge play, and it oh. fell right in Josh Allen's arms. You might need some sort of big punt return or kick return or so, some sort of weird play is going to need to bounce your way. I'll be honest. When I saw 50, I was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> you know, they, they they brought up the kid off the practice squad, and I'm like, yeah. I had to go back and look, and I'm like, damn, that is Shaq. Yep. That is Shaq Quarterman. And he only played three defensive snaps, but he made such a great play. And as criticized as Josh Allen has been all year long, he held on to the ball right by the sideline. I mean, are you trying to tell me that this is on a Jaguar fan alive who's thinking Josh Allen was going to get – was going to lose that ball, and it was going to go out of bounds, oh, and it yeah. was going to be first down, you know, Tennessee. But but Allen made the play, so, you know, four huge takeaways. And, again, Jacksonville so far this year has 20 takeaways, okay? They only had nine the entire season in 2021. They already have 20 in this four games to go. Dallas is a takeaway machine as well. Uh, Dallas is plus eight on the year. Jacksonville is plus five on the year. If you look at the overall turnover to takeaway ratio, that's pretty incredible as we get ready for this ball game coming up Sunday at 1 o'clock. All right, real good opportunity for you to get your opinion in. The best way to do it is on our text line. That is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, and that number is 641-1010. You can also get me on Twitter. That is Baloo, B-A-L-L-O-U, 1010XL. If you're in the hood, we'd love to see you. We are at Mr. Chubby's Wings out at in, uh, in Fleming Island, and we're going to be here tonight till 8. The extended happy hour is going to stick until 9 o'clock. That includes two-for-one drafts, two-for-one domestic pitchers, drafts and pitchers. All right, that includes Miller Lite, $3 wells, and 3 dollar wines we got much more to do we roll till eight o'clock it's great to have you with us this is into the night into the night with rick Ballou on 1010xl 92.5 fm only good things happen at night especially at mr chubby's wings in fleming island great crowd great atmosphere I mean, this is just special tonight. And we invite you, two-for-one drafts, thank you to Miller Lite, two-for-one pitchers, thank you to Miller Lite, $3 wells, $3 wines, great TVs, everything plush here. And uh, love the trip whenever we get an opportunity uh, to come out here. Uh, The Knolls scored again with the transfer portal today. Kyle Morlock. And I was reading about this kid, and, I, I mean, the two tight ends they get now is, is enough to get the juices flowing. Um, 
I'm, I'm really impressed with what Mike Norvell continues to do with the transfer portal. And, you know, that gives you the quick fix, right? That, that's what it does. It, you don't know if they're going to be one and done. You don't know if you're going to be able to get them for a couple of years or whatever that may be. He, he still's got to up his game with high school recruiting. And, yeah, I think the jury's out on that. I also believe if they keep winning, it is Florida State. They are going to find their way uh, to Tallahassee. But right now the transfer portal, that becomes the third member of the transfer portal. They got a, a defensive tackle out of Miami, and they now get two uh, tight ends. They got one earlier in the week out of South Carolina. So I'm loving that. How about the Canes today? They got a kid out of my hometown, or right next to my hometown, Brockton, Massachusetts, the home of Rocky Marciano and marvelous Marvin Hagler. They got themselves a big football player today. I guess he's a five-star, JJ. Yes, he is a five-star uh, left tackle. Uh, Samson Akulnola, I believe yeah. I'm saying that correctly. I have no idea, but he's he's big. I think he's like six, seven, something like that. And obviously he's manhandling high schoolers on videos I'm seeing. Um, But, yeah, it's weird having guys commit, and and nowadays because you're like, is he going to stay committed? And even if we have him, is he just going to transfer next year? So it's like uh, I'm happy, but uh, I'm careful about how happy I am. You know, we have this guy, Cormani McLean, who uh, Miami stole from Florida, but then last week he takes a visit to Tuscaloosa, so uh, people think he's going to flip. But right now Miami is up to number two. I believe, in most, uh, I guess, the 24-7-1 um, in 2003, 2023 class. Not a lot of good football players come out of Boston. You know, you, 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 get, a, you get a decent share of baseball players, and obviously you get some, some hockey players. But uh, when I got to Florida State, he was a few years behind me, but there, there was a kid there out of Brockton. He went to Michigan, and he wore the number one. Who was the great one at Michigan who wore the number one? Was it Andre Carter? Chris Carter was Ohio State. Who was the old Michigan alum who was a dominant wide receiver? You know, this is this is pre-Desmond Howard years. This this would have been in the early 80s. But this kid, Greg McMurtry, he was the Red Sox, like, first-round pick. And he went to Michigan, and he had a good career there. He went to the NFL, but he never made it. Can you imagine being a first-round pick in baseball, being on scholarship in football, and then end up not making it? in either one of the two sports. Yeah, his name's Drew Henson. Your name's Drew Henson. Yeah, you could say Chris Wenke. I mean, there have been guys where that is – here's one for you. How about Josh Booty? Oh, from LSU. Remember Josh Booty? Or USC. He was like USA Today All-American. He was like the USA Today Player of the Year in football and in baseball. And I don't think he ever made any – No, I don't don't think think he made any serious cash. You know, I'm talking about making money. Yeah, I you think Drew guys, Henson actually did make some money. Um, I think he, he might have even yeah. been called up to the majors. You had guys like Joe Maurer. I mean, he left Florida State, but the guy had arguably a Hall of Fame career. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's over a 300 career hitter. He ended up with more than 2,000 career hits. Probably played 10 years. Uh, I think he played more like 14, it's a lot 15. of cash, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, and yeah, he we'll had great see. hair. He was a spokesman for um, Head & Shoulders. Who can forget? Maurer was? Yeah. 15-year career, six-time All-Star, and won the MVP in 2009, batting champ three times. To win the batting champ as a catcher is 
Who was his career average? Like 303, 304 or something? 306. Jeez. And how many hits? I know he went north 2, of 2,000. Yeah. yeah he, we'll, we'll see. He could be a Hall of Famer. He's got much better numbers than Buster Posey. Okay? No but World Series. Po- Posey didn't play nearly as many games. Po- Posey probably has a better career average, but he doesn't have nearly as, as, as many hits. Posey probably didn't catch as many games. Let's I'm see. guessing Buster Posey has. Uh, I'm guessing he caught 500 less games than Mauer. That that'd be just my guess. As catcher, I'm not sure. I don't have it in front of me, but because Mauer played first base a lot too. Um, but yep. uh, how about bu- total games though? Buster Posey has a 302 career average. Um, so Mauer was better. Okay. All right, Buster Posey career games. Uh, bear with me. He missed the COVID year. He played in 1,371 games. Joe Maurer played in... Oh, my gosh. 1,371 for Buster. Uh, he played in 1,800 games. Yeah, so I, that's what I said about 500 games, yeah. But three right. World Series, dude. Oh, yeah. Three that means World something. And, and you know what? Both got out when they had a little left. The bus suppose he could still play today. Yeah, Joe Maurer's not even forty. Yeah, I mean he's they, been retired for a while. They both, you know, they both could still contribute, and they were making enormous money, both of them. But they elected to uh, to hang it up. So you it's know, gotta I, be I respect terrible that. on your knees, dude. Just oh man, constant every day catching. Um, Buster Posey, thirty-five right now, very young. 35 years of age, man. He's got it all in front of him. That guy probably made a couple hundred million or 150 million or something crazy like that. I mean, it's just, uh, it's scary. All right, Brock Purdy, he is going to play tonight. We have a game coming up in an hour and 15 minutes. It'll be Seattle, Geno Smith, taking on uh, Brock Purdy tonight. You, you know, I'm, I'm going to come back and spend a minute on this to begin the, uh, the 7 o'clock hour, uh, but as well. Uh, and I, they're starting to come in here now on the text line. If you want to voice your opinion, I, I've got an hour left tonight. Then I've got two hours tomorrow at the Bricks uh, from 6 to 8. But running out of time to hear from you on what you believe the Jaguars are going to do on Sunday. Uh, last week at this time, I was totally convinced that Jacksonville was going to go to Tennessee and win. Right now, I am anything but. I still need tonight. I need tomorrow before we make our pick uh, during the program on Friday, you know, late in the afternoon. But, I mean, this is such a good football team. I want to come back and go through some of the particulars uh, with Dallas as well, give you the very latest on Jacksonville. And this is the overall quarterback position right now in the NFL. So we'll do that coming up here at 7 o'clock. We're going to check the money in Las Vegas with our friend Rafael Esparza. Later in the 7 o'clock hour. So that's coming up as well. It's good to have you with us. Again, best way to get a hold of us and, and share your opinion is on the text line. That is 641-1010. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. I'm Rick Ballou with you for another hour. One, two, three, four. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Number two 
Rick Pogu and you till 8. Have a good Christmas sweater. I've seen quite a few of them in here at Mr. Chubby's Wings. Out in Fleming Island. Love it out here. Going to play some golf early on uh, Saturday morning. Get ready for those NFL games. Get ready for that Gator game coming up out in Las Vegas, right? Scheduled for 2.30 on Saturday. Probably pop in here on Saturday as well. You know, I, I saw something today about Chris Farley dying 25 years ago today. It actually happened on December 18th, but obviously we won't be on the air, what, tomorrow the 16th, so that'll be Sunday. 25 years? I mean, you've got to be kidding me. I, I remember being on the ball with Sartori. I remember Cole Pepper walked by and handed me a sheet of paper. Back then it was, you know, burning off the, uh, the AP where they still used to. Back then it was all, you know, it was all paper. And when stories broke, uh, that's how you got to it. And, you know, I, 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 I didn't even... I didn't even get on the internet until I got to the ball in 1996. When I was doing radio in Tallahassee in 94, 95, and 96, I didn't even have the internet. I didn't even know, I didn't even know what the internet was until I got here. I was like, oh, my God, Jacksonville's advanced. They got the internet over here. We don't even have it in Tallahassee. That's how ignorant I was, and that's just – but that, a lot of people were like that. You just – you weren't used to it, but it was still printing copy, though. There, there were things that were coming. Uh, you remember what the Internet was like back then when you first got on? You had to wait for it to, for, for the page to come up. And, yeah. It was, and then you had to make sure forever. someone in your house wasn't on the phone. Oh, there was this one thing after another. So, anyway, he walks in, and, and he puts it down in front of me. And I remember just being totally, absolutely shocked. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Chris Farley's dead at the age of 33? And that was the case, man. It's been 25 years. That is nuts to me. I mean, some of you younger guys have been talking about this, uh, the Casey Anthony uh, deal, which, by the way, is a total sham. I mean, she's this... You talk about bald face lies in this new documentary from I gotta Casey see Anthony. That. I don't believe it at all. I, I think she is 100% lying. But she, this documentary is so slanted that she actually has good American people believing that it was her father who, I don't think anyone committed a blatant murder. I think there was a mistake. Either she drowned or... Casey Anthony put chloroform on her so she could go out and party and hope that she would just pass out. I don't think there was any intent ever to to kill Kaylee. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But this is this is insane. And you know, you go read the Aaron Hernandez story. Read the book by Jose Baez, who represents Casey Anthony, and then go read James Patterson's on Aaron Hernandez, folks. It's like putting on Fox and then flipping over to MSNBC. Those two books could not be any farther apart. And, I, you know, that's all I do is read when I'm not talking, okay? I love reading that stuff. 
But this deal right here with Casey Anthony, my gosh, if they slanted it in one direction. But So you haven't seen it yet? I have not, but I definitely plan to because, like you, I love watching and reading that. Not, not as much reading, but I love documentaries like that. Uh, this is a good place in hell for her. I mean, to, to do that, as far as I'm concerned. E.T. has made it here. All the heavies. What's up? And you like flats, bro, right? You ain't going any of those. You ain't going any drums, man. E.T. does all flats. I, I'm with you on the flats. I am. So, anyway, 25 years for Chris Farley. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Absolutely makes no sense at all. All right, let me – Um, speaking of making no sense, Jaguars have a quarterback, and they're so lucky. And, you know, I was all over Cam Robinson a few weeks ago. That sack he allowed. Trevor got rolled up. I, I still thought it was a dumb decision to put him back in the game. There was no way they were winning against Detroit. But you look around the league right now, and what is happening with quarterbacks is enough to scare the living snot out of you, okay? Carolina's on their third quarterback, all right? The world champion Los Angeles Rams, uh, it looks like it's going to be Baker Mayfield again this weekend, all right? They've already gone through Stafford. Jacksonville's John Wolford got an opportunity. Hurt. They've tried Bryce Perkins out of Virginia. So they've played four quarterbacks. Um, obviously, Arizona loses Kyler Murray for the remainder of the year. Colt McCoy is the quarterback now. Uh, you look at what is going on in Washington, D.C. Carson Wentz, finally healthy. How are you going to take that job away from Taylor Heineke after what he's done? Andy Dalton starting in New Orleans over Jameis Winston. Both the free agents at the end of the year. Again, three quarterbacks. Baker, P.J. Walker, Sam Darnold so far this year in Carolina. Desmond Ritter gets the opportunity this weekend for Atlanta. You know, Marcus Mariota went AWOL. There were reports out today that he does need season-ending knee surgery nonetheless. Another quarterback situation there. I mean, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance, gone and gone. It's Brock Purdy now. Uh, Josh Johnson is his backup. Purdy apparently is going to play here coming up in one hour. Lamar Jackson's got a knee. They don't know if he's going to be able to go this weekend for Baltimore. Tyler Huntley replaced him. He is suffering through a concussion, although it appears the arrow is pointing up, and he may be able to give it a go. If not, you're looking at an undrafted free agent and Anthony Brown who completed the game last week. Brent Hunley uh, has taken some snaps this year as well for Baltimore. All right, Russell Wilson out in Denver. It's going to be Brett Ripien uh, as the quarterback. Kenny Pickett went out with a concussion. Is it going to be Mitch Trubisky? There are Steeler wide receivers right now coming out in the locker room saying, no, we want Mason Rudolph. You really get the feeling that as loyal as the Rooney family has been, this could be it for Mike Tomlin. I would never bet it. I would never bet it. But, I mean, they've had three coaches for more than, what, 60 years? Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin has never had a, a, a losing season. But he doesn't win playoff football games. I think he's won, what, just a couple in the last eight years? I, I don't know that that is going to be the case, but I wouldn't be shocked. Anyway, all the quarterbacks... Uh, that they have gone through there. I mean, this league, that's what it's all about. And it's funny that they're actually talking about changing the rules as far as defensive players 
hitting quarterbacks, which have been absurd. I mean, some of the penalties that have been called on defensive ends or, or defensive tackles or whomever this year have been just absolutely awful. And they're talking about making a change uh, during the offseason meetings about allowing those hits to actually, um, you know, not be penalized. And the other side of all of that is the fact that we keep seeing quarterbacks who go down and, and, and continue to go down, and that is the case right now in the NFL. All right, with Jacksonville, they're a beaten-up team uh, as well. They're more beaten-up now than they have been the entire season. And, you know, it was only a matter of time before that was going to take place. The, the Jaguars have been incredibly lucky all right, outside of Ben Barge and Shaq Griffin, I'm trying to think who else has missed games. Uh, Chad Muma missed last week. Um, Zay Jones missed the Eagles game. Zay Jones missed the game. Early. Travis Etienne missed the game. But there haven't been a lot of injuries. I and mean, those were just like here and there games. Yeah, you look at starters. It's been, um, you know, Andre Sisko's missed a couple of games now in a row. Looks like he's going to be able to come back. So, anyway, good news today for Jacksonville. With, with, with three of their players, including Trevor Lawrence, they were all upgraded today. That bad left toe for Trevor Lawrence. And remember, he didn't practice at all last week. He was off yesterday but was limited today. The same applies now for Darius Williams. And, Jaguar fans, you're aware of the fact that he moved to the outside this past Sunday. He's got an issue with his abdomen. Didn't practice yesterday but did today on a limited basis. So, that's good news as well with right guard Brandon Sheriff. And for the record, I had no idea that Williams or Sheriff were injured in Nashville. Uh, Brandon Sheriff, the abdomen, uh, didn't work yesterday, limited today. So the news there for those three is encouraging. Also, the news is really good for the return of Andre Sisco. He's missed a couple of games with the shoulder. He practiced in full both yesterday and today, uh, Andrew Wingard with his shoulder, limited yesterday, limited today. You heard Dave Campbell say a little bit earlier, he wouldn't be surprised if you see some big nickel against Dallas, especially if the Cowboys are going to try to, you know, pound their running attack with both Pollard and Elliott. Pollard right now is probably the better of the two. Doesn't get nearly the, uh, well, I think he actually is getting the recognition. He's not making the money, not making close to the money. Um, Chad Muma is a, is a big one here. Okay, the situation there with the ankle. He was limited on Wednesday, and he was limited on Thursday. Let's wrap it up with Trayvon Walker. And I actually want to play something from Mike Caldwell today, what, what he had to say about Trayvon Walker. But here's the deal. It's a high ankle sprain, and it doesn't look good. He has not practiced on either Wednesday or Thursday you know, he's got tomorrow and he's got Saturday. I, I just find it hard to believe that if he doesn't go tomorrow that you're going to play a rookie who hasn't practiced all week. That, that's just the way I look at this. Again, I, I could be dead wrong. But we did witness a week ago what Trayvon Walker did when he had an opportunity to actually put his hand in the dirt. Defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell was asked about that today. As a coach, sometimes you sit back and you look at different things, but we want to make a, a player feel comfortable. So whether he's in a two-point or a three-point, really it's on if 
he chooses to get in the three-point in certain situations, he can get in the three-point all he wants. And being able to be comfortable out on the field, we don't want robots. We want guys that are able to have a little flexibility in the defense. And whether it's two-point or uh, three-point, whatever he feels he can get the best takeoff, let him do that. And we'll coach him up uh, whichever way he wants to do it. I found that very interesting today. You know, a first-year defensive coordinator with a rookie, what you feel most comfortable with. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be a smart-ass here, but I almost don't believe that. I mean, this isn't Micah Parsons. This, this isn't Lawrence Taylor, okay? I mean, the ability to, and I don't want to call it flat-out freelance, but do with what you're most comfortable with. I have to believe that Trayvon Walker would do what he's most comfortable with is his hand in the dirt like he did the majority of the time when he was at Georgia. So that is fascinating to me. And and I hope he gets some recovery here. Um, if there's any shadow of doubt, I'm not playing him. And I'll tell you why. This is the toughest game. And I also think Tennessee's going to lose in L.A. I think it's simple for the Jaguars. Right now, I'm, I'm obviously my official pick tomorrow, but I'm leaning towards Dallas here. D- Dallas is a better football team. There's no other way to say it. They're a better football team. And what you got to hope for is that Tennessee loses in L.A. because if that's the case, then, you know, can you imagine a week from tonight in New Jersey? All right? There's another situation. I was talking about quarterbacks. It's still Mike White. Right now, they, they've upgraded or they've bumped up against Zach Wilson. He's number two, where Joe Falk, uh, Joe Falk, uh, Joe Flacco is back to number three. Um, but don't you kind of want to see Zach Wilson in next week and the pressure there at home? And, uh, you know, I right now, unless something crazy happens, I can tell you I'm going to pick them to win consecutive road games. I'm going to pick them in New York. I'm going to pick them in Houston. And you win those two, and then you line up against Tennessee with the season on the line. I mean, win or lose, what an incredible way to wrap up the month of December into January and the 2022 regular season. I guess technically that would be the first week of 2023. But that, that's just special right there. So we'll see. All right, coming up, i got to make my pick on tonight's game. I got a couple of other nuggets I want to throw out that involve the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we're about 15 minutes away from Rafael Esparza, who will join us live from Las Vegas. He will give us the very latest on the odds as well as where the money is going. Been a lot of money that's come in this week on Jacksonville, both wise guy money as well as the general public. We've seen the line drop from six to four. So we'll get the very latest as far as that. Plus, we'll look at the Gator game. Coming up on Saturday, it's the Beavers, it's the Gators. I mean, when those two get together, you know it's a party. And, again, the buzz here is just, it's phenomenal. Everywhere I go, it's Gator this, it's Gator that. A little bit of Beaver talk, but for the most part, it's all about the Gators trying to get above 500 this year. So that's always uh, big. We'll do that as well with Rafael Esparza. We're with you tonight till 8 o'clock. Two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers. That includes Miller Lite, $3 Wells, $3 Wines, we are at Mr. Chubby's Wings, Fleming Island. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. 
All right, I was looking at numbers today. I love looking at numbers. You might like looking at other things, but I enjoy numbers. And, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Fine young, uh, fine waitress has brought me another Diet Coke. And I need it because this show is so damn boring. If I don't drink Diet Coke, I'll fall asleep. Twi- you see this today, JJ? I, I, I put it on hear Twitter. You edit yourself. What's that now? About <laughs> yeah. how you were going to describe the waitress. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, but we don't get canceled. You can't get canceled in Mr. Chubby's Wings. You, know, you just got to be like, yeah, she's a very nice girl, and, and, and she is, and I'm going to tip well, as I always do. Good. But um, I put it on Twitter earlier today. Uh, Trevor Lawrence in one year has improved 23 and a half points as far as his quarterback rating. I believe it's the third highest ever in one season. Now, obviously, there's still a month to go. There's four games remaining. But he has it up to 95.4 overall. That's an improvement of 23.5. And, you know, I don't think anyone understands how you get that particular rating. Nonetheless, when it works in favor like that, I I think it's worth discussing. 23 and a half points. Pretty amazing. He's done that in one year. Yeah, I honestly have no idea what goes into that. Um, I know that one of them, like the ESPN one, and it wins or counted or something like that. I, I'm so ignorant about a passer or, or a quarterback rating, but I know that we talked before the season we had to get his completion percentage up yep. from last season. That's happened. We talked about getting his touchdowns up. That's happened. Interceptions down. I mean, he hasn't thrown an interception in. I can't even remember the last game, honestly. It's been at least six games, right? Yes, yeah. And we talked about his average per pass uh, being up. Yeah. And, you know, London, that is the London, case as by well. The way. London was his last interception he threw, too. So it's been one, two, three, four, five, seven games, man. Someone asked me a good question today. And it was, uh, it was earlier today. And I, it was on Twitter. It was, uh, if Trevor was playing this way all year, what would Jacksonville's record be? And I came up with four more wins. You, you, you can probably argue a couple of other games, but I, I'm going to put three and a half on Trevor. I, 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 I thought they one game Houston, was – you know, Yeah, but that was a lack of running uh, in that one game. Though. Yeah, I put half he, that on Peterson. He threw two picks in that game. He fumbled four times against Philly, so that could be another one. That's um, absolutely on Trevor. And, and then the Denver's Lon- on Trevor. I was about to say the London game, so that's at least yeah. three right there. So, yeah, five and eight, man, you take away four there and, and, and all of a sudden make it nine and four? They're running away with the division. This is it, – it, but it's, it, it's beautiful. If, if you look – and, and that's what is going to be so fascinating about this year – in the offseason, as long as he continues to play this way, win or lose, over the next four weeks, is knowing that you have this man who's going to be 23 during the entire offseason. He won't turn 24 until October. To, to have him in place, and, you know, Jacksonville's going to have to make a lot of interesting decisions. I don't want to talk about any of that right now because it's a huge game coming up on Sunday. Uh, his average per attempt has gone from six to seven in one year. His uh, 
completion percentage has gone from 59.6 to 66.2. Wow. All right. He had 17 picks a year ago. He has six this year. He had 12 touchdowns a year ago. He has 20 this year. He was sacked 32 times a year ago. He's been sacked 23 times so far this year. And, again, the, the quarterback, as far as the points, have gone up 23 and a half in one year. He went from 71.9 to 95.4. That That is um, – those are huge numbers. All right, let me get to a couple of these on the on the text. Uh, you know, the reason why I'm going to pick Dallas, well, there's many, but I can't get over this, okay? Dallas, their third down defense, man, 34.86%. That is all they allow. And Jacksonville is like 40 45 point something percent. Uh, and, I, and I know a lot of that can be down in distance. Obviously, your chances of getting a first down when it's third and two compared to third and eight is significantly better. But you can't be long in down in distance when you have the football against Dallas. You've got to be short and manageable. Again, they are incredible with their third down defense. And to me, that is something that I haven't heard enough of this week. I think it's a major factor uh, in this football game. You know, red zone offense as well. They're more than than 71% in the red zone. When you get down there, they score touchdowns. They they do not settle for field goals. In a game like this against Dallas, I think it takes 30-plus points to win the game. Man, this is a scenario where forcing Dallas to kick a field goal is, is a victory. As far as I am concerned, let me find it. I put it out earlier in the week on Twitter. Here we go. Red zone TDs, all right, the percentage, 71.43%. Jacksonville's 53.19%, all right? That's 18 points or 18 percentage points. When, when Jacksonville gets into the red zone, they're still not perfect. They were 51% a year ago. So they've just, with all the numbers that Jacksonville has improved on, that's still alarming that they – have issues when it comes to scoring at the goal line. And, you know, look at Trevor Lawrence. He took it himself. He saw something. He went flying in there. Uh, Doug Peterson talked about that after the fact and and obviously wasn't, it appeared, wasn't a huge fan uh, of Trevor Lawrence doing it himself. But if you look at rushing touchdowns, which is a huge category, Jacksonville only has 12 on the year in 13 games, and four of those are from Trevor Lawrence. Okay, so your running backs, three rushing touchdowns, James Robinson, no longer a part of things. One was that 61-yard run by Jamichael Hasty, and the other four have been Travis Etienne. So when when you get into the red zone, the exact opposite of what I just said for Dallas, man. you, you got to find a way to put up seven and not allow uh, to be in a deal where you only get three. All right, let me grab a couple of these on the text line. Got, got a lot of good ones in here uh, tonight. Let, let me go through a couple of them. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Baloo, uh, really enjoyed the show. Other day, yeah, yeah. So much that I tell my wife I'm going to an AA meeting 
just to hear you rip it up <laughs> on Thursdays. That is from the 90-69. Wow. Sounds like a healthy marriage. Yeah. Honey, I go to AA. <laughs> but he's out there listening, 90-69. I hope you're not I, drinking while you're listening, sir. I would say I'd offer to buy you a two-for-one Miller Lite here, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know if the... I don't know if the wife uh, like, would actually. Are you actually... just lying about being in AA on Thursday, or are you totally lying about being sober? I mean, listen, there's things to lie there's about. A big difference. I, I think I should be a part of that. You know, lie, lie about being able to listen. Translation: His wife hates listening. Uh, Baloo, yeah. sixteen seventy-five. Somehow, some way, despite the fact that this seems like the team just never has it in them. Uh, if Jacksonville could take an early lead, maybe even 10 nothing, two possessions lead at some point in the first half, I really do believe they could pull off the upset. That's another number Jacksonville has improved in significantly in one year. They scored 7.6 points in the first half last year. I put this on Twitter yesterday. This year, they're up to 11.1 points in the first game. It may not seem like a lot, honestly. But it is. It's huge. I mean, you're st- last year's team scored a touchdown. This year's team is scoring a touchdown and a field goal. And, and even more than that, at, at over 11 points. Dallas is really good in the first half as well. They're over 13 points. So Dallas is actually scoring two points more in the first half than Jacksonville is. Again, Dallas, you know, they're incredible. They're averaging 27.7 points a game offensively where the Jaguars are Jaguars are even in point differential. They've scored 22.6 a game. They've allowed 22.6 a game. Dallas has one of the highest point differentials in the NFL. They're 10 points better, okay? They score 27.7 a game. That's third. They allow 17.6 a game. That's third. Dallas is scary if you look at those numbers. Uh, let me get. Let's see if I can get another one in here. Uh, How 59, crazy 51. is it, by the way, that the Jags are at just zero in a, it, point differential? Well, how many times did we talk about last year that they were minus twelve? Yeah, per game. <laughs> I mean, Jacksonville last year averaged fourteen point nine and allowed twenty six point nine. All right, they they're mean. Their average for seventeen games was minus 12 points in a league where teams typically win games by a field goal. They were minus 12. So, you know, their offense has gone from 14-9 to 22-6. Their defense has gone from 26-9 down to 22-6. Significant improvement, especially on the offense. I think the defense, you know, still has a chance to get better. Um, 59-51, Baloo, the Jags have to go. Run heavy, uh, control the clock, keep Prescott off the field if they're going to stand a chance. Um, tend to agree with you there. I'd like a balanced attack. I, I, I think when you, when you look at Jacksonville and you look at what Trevor Lawrence has done as of late, this, is, this remains a pass-first football team. That, that is absolutely going to be the case when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That, they are going to have to pass in order to win. You look at the difference, okay? 462 pass attempts this year for the Jaguars. 339 rushing attempts this year 
for the Jaguars. That's huge. Just to kind of put things into perspective, let's sneak in Dallas here before the break. And I do understand that, that obviously Dak Prescott uh, missed uh, quite a few games uh, earlier in the season. So these numbers may not tell the entire story. Uh, let's see here. Dallas on the year has passed the football 412 times. They've run it 400 times. So you're talking about a difference of 12 pass to run, favoring the run, uh, favoring the pass by 12. And again, you're talking about a team that's 10 and three. If they win, they go to 11 and three. Jacksonville has passed it much more than they have run it, and they've had more success running it this year than they have in years past. All right, coming up next, let's go to Las Vegas. Rafael Esparza with my bookie, mybookie.org. He is next. He goes into the night with Rick Ballou. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Vegas, baby, Vegas! Into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, Rafael Esparza, it's always a pleasure. He joins us, and he goes into the night. With Rick Ballou. Raphael, how you been? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing great. Did, did you do anything for a Vetchkin? And if so, when you got to 800, did you include Empty Neck Bowl? Uh, no, I, it's funny because I was wanting to do something like that, but I got stuck doing avatar prop bets, and you'll be looking at, <laughs> looking at, looking, looking at your email sometime tomorrow morning because I got some Christmas weather special prop bets that I just All finished right. uh, an hour ago. But I totally forgot about Alex the Great. Uh, his run, so I apologize for all you NHL uh, fanatics out there. I dropped the puck, not the ball. I dropped the puck at that moment. Yeah, I was furious. I mean, I was great to see him get a hat trick and a legit hat trick the other night because the four goals before that were empty net goals, and three of the four goals were when the Capitals had a two-goal lead. Yeah, I felt like when Strahan got the the sack record where the quarterback just fell down. Yeah. I, I, you listen, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Ovi, and I, I just wanted it to be legitimized, and it was with the hat trick the other night. All right, there's so much to do. Um, you, you know, I, exercising restraint during bowl games, how has that changed with, you know, all of these players opting out? Obviously, the Gators play Oregon State on Saturday, but Anthony Richardson's not going to play. Osiris Torrance is not going to play. Beaver's a big favorite. Did, is that the way you kind of look at these games? Do you, do, do you go with it anyway, or half these games you're like, nah, well, let's take a pass? Well, I was leaning towards maybe Florida plus 10 or the under at 53, but the Florida athletic buses cut me off on the 215 yesterday what? when I was driving around town in Las Vegas. Because uh, they're the sirens and the cops were about with, with, with the big buses that I saw the Gator buses come by. I had to slow down because the cop told me to. So now I'm hoping the Beavers win because I got stuck in traffic. Is it an ugly like blue and orange bus, or you know, I'm sure they. Uh, then again, I'm sure they rented something out there in Las Vegas, so probably not. Yeah, it was a rented bus, but it had the big Gator logo on all. I think I, I think there were five buses with cops all over the big gator but i i can't remember how many buses but yeah they they cut me off and i had to be behind them and i was late to my meeting all right so you you don't really like a side is it the under is that your play 
I would probably no. I I I think I like Oregon State. If you're if you're a Pac-12 team and you're playing an SEC team and you know this SEC team is missing a lot of players and you're on the only time slot at the uh, what's a three fifteen uh, four fifteen Eastern Standard Time uh, on Saturday, you want that Pac-12 victory over SEC. I like Oregon State minus the ten. Get it right, now. Get- it will go. It will go higher. Okay, there you go. Uh, let, let's uh, let's get the two NFL games before we wrap it up. Both in the in the AFC South. Well, actually, uh, obviously Tennessee going to Los Angeles uh, to play against the Chargers. But there, there's so much at stake here. Tennessee's lost three in a row. They they really appear to be reeling. What do you make of this matchup? Uh, this matchup is maybe we saw Tannehill's last job in Tennessee after the season because I think, think they're going to blow up that offense and, and try to get something. I like the Chargers spot. Even though if you're a Charger fan, you want them to lose because maybe you can get the ex-Saints core, uh, head coach to be uh, the quarterback for the Chargers. But I like Sam. Uh, I'm sorry, Los Angeles minus the three. Yeah, Sean Payton said what? Miami, Los Angeles, Dallas. But uh, folks around here. Folks around here don't want to hear that. They, they they want LAC to win. They want Tennessee to lose. And, uh, and of course, if Jacksonville, even though it's going to be difficult for them here on Sunday, if they can knock off New York next Thursday night uh, at Houston the week after, it, it could have a, you know, one game on uh, for it all between Tennessee and Jacksonville during the season finale. So let's wrap up with that game. Dallas comes in. They'll take on Jacksonville. I know there's been Jacksonville money this week. What's the latest? Yeah, it's been Jacksonville money all week, not just this week. Because I just think the better saw what Dallas did last week, struggling with uh, Lovey Smith, the best beard in football. Oh, Dallas barely winning. They're a 17-point favorite and only win by four. And, and the way Jacksonville has played uh, their last uh, two out of three games, granted, they lost to the Lions, but everyone's losing to the Lions. So I'm, not pu- I'm pushing that one to the side. It's not just a bad loss. The Lions are playing good football. I like the way how they played last week at Tennessee, winning by double digits. Easily, not a close one, easily. If they play like that, it would not shock me if Dallas goes home uh, with a loss. Because Dallas may be looking ahead playing the Eagles the next week. Hmm. All right. So, I mean, do you have – which way you believe in, in this particular game? I, I, I'm taking a plus four. Because I think it's going to be – if Dallas wins, I think it's going to be three points or less. Or uh, I, You know me. We've been talking for years. I'm not a big money line. I might have to take a shot at Jacksonville money line. You know, around here, it's all the rage, but what about there in Las Vegas? Has there been any activity on the AFC South coming in on Jacksonville with what Tennessee has done and it looks like they are doing at this particular time, or has it basically stayed the same? Uh, We've gotten a little bit more tickets written on them, especially after last week. Uh, Like I said, winning on the road easily and stuff like that. Now, if they win this week beating Dallas, then... Uh, I can see a lot more jack money, but we all the money could come in all at once because we took so much Colt money uh, all summer long and all beginning of the season. Uh, we're sitting pretty in that division. All right, Rafael Esparza. He's with my bookie, my book, uh, mybookie.org. All right, everything's happening in the world of sports. Tell us about it. Yeah, college, ba- uh, college basketball, college bowl season uh, kicks off tomorrow. Uh, NFL on Saturday uh, and tonight with San Francisco and Seattle. I like the Seahawks if you didn't want to ask. But it should be a great, great, great week in uh, uh, football and college hoops and NBA. Jump over to mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Win today. Rafael Esparza. I'll miss you next Thursday because of Jaguars Jets. Maybe we'll put something together. If not, we'll do it the week after. So uh, if I do miss you, Merry Christmas to you and your family. You too. Take it easy. Have a great, great, great weekend. 
There he goes. That is Rafael Esparza. Good stuff there. All right, when we wrap it up with my pick, uh, he stole my thunder a little bit. I already have it circled. I like Seattle tonight plus three. And, you know, I, I am fully aware of what San Francisco did. I watched what they did against Tampa Bay. And I'm also fully aware that Geno Smith did not play a good football game and that there are injuries right now in Seattle. Then again, there are injuries everywhere in the National Football League. I'm going to take Seattle at home plus the three. Again, this football game is going to start in about uh, 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, uh, but I will take Seattle. I'll have my standings for you tomorrow. I'm a little bit lazy, and I haven't gotten to them um, yet, but I will for Friday's show, which is going to be a lot of fun. Let me tell you, Friday we go to the beach. That'll be over at the Bricks. We'll be out there from 6 until 8, and it's a party sponsored by Miller Lite. I will have um, all sorts of Miller Lite swag for you out there and as well in possession of two tickets for the game on Sunday between the Jaguars and the Cowboys. you got to come by and register tomorrow, 6 to 8, out at the Bricks. At the beach. Thank you to Miller Light. That'll do it. Thank you as well to the good folks here at Mr. Chubby's Wings. Always a pleasure. Love coming out here to Fleming Island. Thank you to Rafael Esparza. Thank you to Dave Campo. Graham Marsh is our engineer. JJ is the producer. I don't check the text line. If you want to get a hold of me, please do so. Baloo1010XL on Twitter. Hackers coming up right now. I'm Rick Ballou. I'll talk with you tomorrow, 6 to 8, live from the Bricks.